Hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers, the ear hole edition. We come to you only through your ear hole, which is the best way to receive trucking answers. Not through your eye hole, as seen on YouTube. All right, let's do it. It's time for another exciting podcast in the trucking world. We're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason why we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we're not living on Mars? There's a bunch of idiots already here that are holding us back as if we're trying to climb a ladder and they're grabbing our feet. They're taking our money. They're making us provide them plain cheese sandwiches in prison because they're stupid and dumb. And we don't have the money to go. It's just as simple as that. So we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to say we're still stuck at 42 countries. And I don't know about stuck. Maybe we've covered the entire English-speaking part of the globe. That's what I'm thinking. Two people from Nova Scotia have downloaded the podcast. So we stand with Canada in that. Two Nova Scotians, I guess is how they would call themselves. I don't know. Either way. Uh, there's two people that downloaded the podcast, so I think that's pretty good. 42 countries. I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, who is looking at me right now sitting here saying, Hey, there's a small white spot in my bowl, meaning there's no food in that part of it. Please come and fill it up. But she will have something to say, I'm sure, in a little bit. I get a megaphone delivered to the house today. Ordered it the other day. Going to go yell at companies through a megaphone. I think it's going to be great. Um, we'll have some videos about that once so the weather clears, which we'll get into in a minute. You can go to UFCD, uh, UFCD.org and uh, go check that out. Go join the private Facebook group of the United Federation of Commercial Drivers. That's where we do this kind of thing. We are taking on the industry. We're going to change the industry one company at a time, and we can do it together. Together. It takes all of us to do it, though. We'll take everybody to do it. So uh, that's what we're going to do over there. All right. So let's get to what's going on today. First, I'd like to talk about marriage. What, Mark? I thought this was trucking. Well, there's so many drivers that are divorced, and I think it's kind of sad that this happens. And so what I'm going to do today is toss out what I consider some good marriage advice. And that's because tomorrow, tomorrow, we love you tomorrow. Tomorrow is my wedding anniversary, and it will be 26 years for me to one person, the first woman that I married. People, Some people ask me that, Mark, how many times have you been married? One. Okay, that's the only amount of times you're supposed to be married, in my opinion. And I think that, just like at a trucking company, when some of these companies have someone that watches the camera or whatever, the safety person, they're not a driver. They're giving out trucking advice to people that, and they don't even know how to do it. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of people giving marriage advice that are on their third or fourth marriage, and I don't, I don't know about that. Right? What if the safety person at your company had seven accidents and 12 tickets? Would you take them to be a good person to give out driving advice? Probably not. All right. So me, 26 years, this are, these are the things that I found to be pretty helpful. A lot of drivers get divorced. I think it's sad. Um, it's really tough on the kids. Really tough on if they have any kids. And they're always mad at their spouse or whatever, griping about it. So here's the story. Here's the, here's the dealio. Here's, the, here's how to do it. For us, so we do it. And, uh, of course, so I would say that's how everybody should do it, naturally. You know, here's one of the things. All right. Your spouse is not your roommate. And I, what I mean by that is I talk to a lot of people, and they're like, oh, well, my wife, you know, she pays for her car. I pay for my car. Or we split the bills 50-50. That's not how it works. 
okay? Do not do that. Do not make your relationship about money. And that's what it becomes, that's what it comes down to when you do that. She doesn't pay half the electric bill. The two of you have an electric bill, okay? And it gets paid from your money. There are no separate accounts of money. All right, well, Mark, what if what if I'm a, just need to have a backup account? Why do you need a backup account? You should not be considering leaving and you do not have separate money. The two of you have money. Okay, you do not have your own money. The two of you have money that goes together and bills get paid because the two of you have bills. It is never 50-50. Right? It is 100-100. Sometimes one person's putting more in, sometimes the other person. Never keep track of it. Never keep track of it. Okay? All of the money is accessible to both of you all the time. Never keep secret things from your spouse. You have an account, or however many accounts you have, the two of you are on it, the two of you are on cars, the two of you are on the house, it's the two of you. It doesn't matter, well, my spouse doesn't work, I don't care. It doesn't matter, my wife currently not working, probably will not work again in her life, you know, uh, outside the house, so that's just the way it is. That doesn't mean, well, I guess I'll go take her off the car, that's not how it works, okay, that's not, that's not how it works, it's still the car, and she's still on the car, still gets on the account, everything, we still have money, it doesn't matter who puts it in, who takes it out, we have money, and don't be sneaking around with stuff, okay, don't sneak around with stuff, always be where you say you'll be, or where you're going, if you say you're going somewhere, go there, because you do not want to plant a seed of doubt in your spouse's mind, there's always that, always in the back of people's minds, I wonder what they're doing, or whatever, do not plant that seed. I see this on the video where you kids put out on the TikToks and stuff. You're like, oh, let's do this prank. Oh, my ex-wife, girlfriend, whatever called me. Oh, it's hilarious. Don't do that. All right. Never, never, never put a seed of doubt in your spouse's mind. Not for a video. Not for a prank. Not for a joke. It isn't funny. Don't do it. Don't. Do it. Do not ever let them even think for a second that anything is going on that shouldn't be. Okay? Don't do that. It's never going to turn out good. Your spouse should never, even for one second, feel anything like that about the marriage. Now, here's one that people just love when I say this, right? The kids are not the first thing in your life. That's right. That's right. Stop putting those dang kids first. Your spouse is the number one person in your life, period. You agree to it, right? What what man is joined together, let no man put asunder, right? Nobody does that. So no matter if you get married at a church, if you get married at the courthouse, it doesn't matter. It is the two of you, and the two of you become one. That's why you don't have separate bills, and it's the two of you against the world, including the kids. We've put, raised so many kids that think they're the center of everything they're not okay i hate to tell you they are not your spouse is the center of your universe they are now the two of you raise your kids together of course and i think kids need two parents 
to grow up uh, well. You know, they need to see both sides of how that works. And they need to see a strong marriage. When people get divorced, it's just so hard on the kids. And they're always like, well, my kids are doing fine. They're not. Okay. They're not. Uh, I'll tell you that. Right, I grew up, my parents divorced. I had to go back and forth. I don't ever remember them being together. I guess they got divorced very early. Probably because of me, people would probably say. But uh, I was a very terrible two-year-old. You know, I remember getting dropped off and picked back up. And that's not great. Okay. Think kids, oh, they're so resentful. Why, why don't the parents go back and forth between houses and let the kid have a stable life? Regardless of that, those kids are not the first thing. Your spouse is the first thing. And don't let them ever think different about that. Okay? Don't ever. Now, phones. Do not go through your spouse's phone. Simple as that. Do not go through their emails. Do not go. Don't do that trust and people do that because they don't trust you and so or they don't trust the other person and so they do that don't give them a reason to not trust you okay if you say you're somewhere be there okay stop with this stupid other stuff but don't do that okay do and don't lock your phone because that makes you look untrustworthy at home but do not be going through your spouse's phone you just once that trust is broken, you can't get that. You can never get it back 100%. So don't break someone's trust and don't be going through somebody's stuff. Just be honest about all everything that's going on. It's just as simple as that. And no matter what, always put your spouse first. Here's how I do it here. I think that every day you should get up and think, all right, what can I do to make their life better today? Now, it doesn't have to be some grand thing. Oh, I guess I'll book a cruise around the world. Okay, I'm sure that would make their life better, but that may not be the thing. For instance, it's going to snow here, which we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, like a big snowstorm. And the wife, I when I went to Meyer Sunday, like she drinks this Propel water that she likes, but they didn't have any. So she had some here and I thought, you know what, I'll go later in the week. But then this storm came up. So yesterday, I, when I left early, I left early for work so that I could go to the store, a different store, right, a Kroger here, and try that and see if they had water for her, which they did. And I grabbed some waters for her so that she'll have waters this week and I'll have to go back out in the storm. And so I just bring them in, you know, and they're just sitting here. So, the, you know, her little pile of water has grown enough to get her through to till next Sunday till I go back to Meyer again. Now, she didn't ask me to do that. All right. It's just something I did. I'm like, and oh, well, Mark, your husband of the year. No, not really. But uh, these little kind of things are what you do each day. Are right, This would make her life better. She'd really like that. <laughs> All right. So I, I do it. Not because I'm told to do it or she said, go do this or demand. Hey, go do this. Right. I'm not going to cook you dinner today. Or you, you know, you sleep on the couch. No, because that's what you do. And some days there might not be anything. You're like, I don't know. I just I don't know what I can do today. But that should be the thought all the time in your head, how to make their life better. And here's another thing. And here's an example from my life is that you don't let people, you know, work, especially, I should say, I guess, come before your spouse. You just don't do that. When I worked at Land Air Freight, uh, I had been there not too long, a few months, I think. <clears throat> this was some time ago. I had a cab over, <laughs> right? And I left on a Sunday, and I've told this story on um, YouTube before. When I left that day, I got the truck. The truck was in Indy, so I commuted down to Indy and left and was on my way south or whatever. And this was before I had a cell phone, so I would stop each night and call the wife. 
and say, hey, what's going on? Whatever we talk, that's it every day, right? Without fail kind of thing. And she's like, yeah, work called, you know, land air called and the dispatcher was yelling at her. You know, he asked where I was. I guess she told him I wasn't there. And he was yelling at her. Oh, I get him up, put him on the phone. You're lying or whatever. I'm like, oh, no, it ain't happening. So I sat in the truck for a minute. I'm like, nope. I turned that truck around, right? And like a country song, kind of drove back to the terminal. Probably an hour, I think. I was still in Indiana. And I walked in and said, I quit. Gave him the keys. I'd already cleaned the truck out, put it stuff in my car. And I said, that's it. Done. He's like, oh, what? I'm like, listen, you know what? All right. I said, you don't talk to my wife like that. I work here. She does not work here. You need to be polite to my wife, period. All right. And I'm not going to work at a place that is not. Simple as that. I go, you're an idiot. And here's your keys. And I left. And the next day, this the the big manager of the whole place called me. Oh, what's going on? I go, well, I don't know what they tell you. He goes, oh, nothing. They just said you quit. I go, exactly. I go, see, right there is the problem. Okay, the person can't even own up to what happened. I told him, oh, he goes, well, we'll talk to him. Well, you know, come on back. I go, no, I'm not coming back because I already know that you have a workplace that allows this kind of thing. And believe me, I said, this has happened to other people's spouses, but isn't going to happen to my spouse. Okay, and you're not doing that to my spouse. And I drove home, you know, Sunday, surprised. I'm like, hey, I'm back, right? Um, you know, because you don't do that, okay, because your spouse is the first person in your life over everybody, over work over everything over everything so uh, that's what we're doing uh, today because it's the two of you against the world and nobody uh, disrespects you can't be disrespectful like that from work no jobs worth it look jobs are barely worth going to as it is most of them stink even good ones are pretty much garbage and uh, they take a lot of your time up and they stink okay so going in where the spouse no way you should not tolerate that at all and what that does too right that shows your spouse right who's important and it's them they always need to know that and it needs to be true it isn't just about buying them a bunch of gifts you know it's about getting them water when they don't have water that they want it's all the little things that add up so many especially men i really will wait and then do these grand gestures Oh, well, I got you all these gifts and all this for a single day. Do this stuff every day, okay? You don't have to buy a $10,000 ring. Go buy $10 of water that they want without them asking you to do it, right? When the garbage is full, go take it out, right? You know, don't be asked to do everything. Be a decent person. And, uh, you know, little stuff like that is how you stay together. So that's uh, a long-winded way for me to give a little bit of uh, what I have found over 26 years now, uh, almost, right, one day from it, depending when you listen to this, I guess, <laughs> to stay together. I hope it helps somebody, you know, maybe change their ways a little bit because, um, you know, that's the point. You made it. You made a promise. Life. Okay, keep it. Always keeping it. There's no backing out. There's no separate anything there's no anything it's life so stay together as as uh, as it should be so we have a winter storm coming here now this is from world headquarters in lafayette indiana so it, now of course this depends on you listen it's february 1st okay 2022 
the today. We are still good today. It is currently 53 degrees and partly sunny out. All right. 7 a.m. tomorrow, the 2nd of February, is the changeover here, approximately, they are talking about. All right. It will rain heavily until then. The further north from here you go towards Chicago, the sooner the changeover happens. So if you're coming up by 65 heading to Chicago, you need to get there tonight. We are expecting the largest single storm since 2007 here. That is 15 years if you went to public school math. Here's what we are looking at Wednesday. We are looking at 10 to 12 inches of snow by Wednesday night, okay, in 12 hours. And we're looking at a, up to a tenth of an inch of ice north of here, not much north of here, White County. That's the 201 Remington area, 30 miles from here. They could get 20 inches of snow. That's the heaviest band of snow. The winds here will be gusting to 40 miles an hour through the night. They are expecting blizzard and whiteout conditions and travel to be nearly impossible. I am asking people, please park before it gets bad. If you are in the area, you can park at Meyer at exit 172 off of I-65. The rest of the areas, of course, will be full. Meyer is open 6 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week. You can park in the lot. It is right there at the exit. If you get off the exit and go the opposite way from Meyer, there is a Walmart about one mile on your left. You can park in that Walmart. I've seen trucks in there as well. So that's a couple of extra parking spots here in Lafayette, Indiana. But please do not be out in this because I think for the next couple of days, because then there's a lull overnight and Thursday, another six inches of snow are expected with the winds and cold 20, and then going down to zero with winds. The roads will be very treacherous for the next couple of days. There's no load worth your life, and there's really no point in like getting stuck or getting jackknifed, losing your job, or possibly having an accident on your record because you're going to deliver some stupid load that can just be rescheduled. I don't care if your boss flops around like a fish, foams at the mouth. Tough. You know, this is what happens uh, in the wintertime, and so some of these things happen. I likely will not go to work tomorrow. And uh, I told him that probably 75% I won't go in Thursday night either. Here's the thing. I'm not going to go and risk my life for some load. It just isn't worth it to me. I'll just stay at my house. Simple as that. And I think if you're out on the road in a truck, please park. Do not risk your life, everybody else's life, for a stupid load that can just be rescheduled. The load's never worth it. People always have this in their mind. Oh, I've got to do it. I'm a tough guy. I can drive through anything. You're that's crazy okay what, what who are you proving that to like okay if i stay home what happens oh people are gonna laugh at me okay so what i'm at my house who cares well they don't pay my bills i don't care don't care you should not care one whit but what people think about that you don't have anything to prove to anybody people always being a tough guy how about park and be a smart guy oh, that's pretty clever i'd put that on a bumper sticker if i could but i can't is there going to be a convoy in the United States? Looks like we're looking at a convoy. California to D.C.? They're talking about it. Now, I don't know when this will happen because that's a rough route unless you go to the south route right now. 
but there is talk of a convoy here. Now, considering how many people they had in Canada and the way American drivers are, we'll likely get 12 to 15 people here to do the same thing. What somebody said, which is somewhat ironic, is that, you know, in America, people are just used to being mistreated. And that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. But I do find that to be the case because I get the same letters from people all the time. Mark, uh, I'm here and I'm not being paid. What should I do? You should quit. Okay, you should not accept a job that doesn't pay you. That's my opinion. Uh, if there's time, you know, these large chunks of time where you're unpaid, you should not do that. Do you know you can stay home and not get paid? Did you know that? It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. You can stay home and also not be paid anything. Amazing. So uh, when there's these chunks, this kind of stuff, you know, that it's gone on this long in the industry is sad. You know, it started in the 80s and just getting worse. The pay is not up. You know, when the late 70s, people were making 100, and now today people are making 80, and people think they're making more money. That isn't how that works, okay? You're making less money, and it isn't getting any better. So, yes, there have been some raises, but overall, not looking good. So, that's, uh, that's what you should really do, I think. The TA is going to renovate 100 of its stores. It's about dang time. Some of them look like they looked the first day I walked into one. It's just a... A young tot driving around. A young pop in the wheel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of them do need to be renovated. Come on, let's update this, you know, with some modern. They're still selling 8-track players that go underneath your radio in there. I mean, holy moly. Let's get some of these things updated. Some of them do look pretty ratty. They could use updating, but you know what it needs to do? Upgrade the parking lots. Can we repave the lot and make it smooth? And also what the TA and every truck stop needs to do. What is it? You know what it is. You know what it is. Get people out of the fuel island after they are done fueling. No parking in that island. Don't go on it. I am waiting. If somebody will tell me a truck stop that's got a tow truck sitting there, I'll promote the heck out of them and uh, go over there if they're close by and uh, do a video about it. I mean, holy mackerel. Get out of that dang fuel island. Well, Mark, I'll take a break. Go park. Go park. Oh, that if they would do that, I wouldn't care what the truck stop looked like. I'll go buy their stupid big A's burger from the uh, that little heater thing, you know, just to give them some money to help them out on that kind of stuff. Because this that is probably the biggest thing. That's how they could renovate the place. You know, pull people out of the fuel line when they're done fueling. You only get to go in and get a receipt and leave. If I can pull up behind you, fill up and be done and you haven't come back to your truck, you've been there too long. You should be able, to, we should be able to take you and beat you about the head and neck with, you know, blunt objects or something. Flatten all the tires. There needs to be something. There needs to be some kind of consequence. What should happen is a truck should get towed. should immediately get towed, and you should have to pay some huge fine to get the truck back. And I'd trespass you. If I manage the truck stop, I don't know if they're allowed to at these, I would trespass that driver. And so you can't come here again, or I'll have you arrested. That's how, and I would call the company and say, don't send this driver here again. I'll arrest, I'll arrest him. We don't want him coming because he can't get out of the fuel line. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. Yikes. Now, uh, President Joe Biden, a known truck driver, wants 50% of all cars to be electric, fully electric, by 2030 of sales, new car sales. Now, currently, it's like less than 1%. Okay, awesome. So he wants that to go up to half. And what the article was saying, which I thought was pretty interesting, is that it's a divide politically. That uh, if you lean more towards Joe Biden, you lean more towards buying an electric car. 
and if you leaned away from him, you were not as likely to get an electric car. And they they um, you know buttressed that argument with saying, well, look at where the states where cars, electric cars have the largest amount of sales are states that Joe Biden carried by the largest percentage. But, but the reason people buy electric cars in those states is because because they're leaning towards Joe Biden, they're all about the government and the government has the largest grants in those states to have people buy an electric car, which offends me to no end and it should for you as well. People in some states can go buy a Model X for $100,000 and get the government to pay part of the car cost. So we give them an electric car. Really? Somebody that can slap six uh, figures down on an electric car probably doesn't need the government's help. And personally, I don't think the government should help you buy a car, period. Whether it's a $100,000 Model X or a $1,000, you know, 25-year-old Hyundai Accent. Okay, the government shouldn't be doing that. But we, they had an interactive map. It was very interactive, by the way. They are in states that have the largest amounts of incentives. Seven, sometimes you can get $15,000 between all the different incentives that you get to buy an electric car. Well, look, a Bolt's in the low 30s. So you could come out with a new car for 18, 19, depending on the state. That's not bad based on new car prices. And that's why car sales surge in those states of electric because you don't get those incentives to buy um, an ICE car, as they call it, ICE. How clever that is, right? I wish Joe Biden did other things with different kinds of ice, but that's another story. Uh, so the, these incentives are why people are buying the cars. And the states that are that are voted for him are much more likely to give larger incentives. I would say this, and I, look, I'm a fan. If they had an electric car that, you know, had a reasonable recharge time, I'd be in. You know, and I think it would make a good commuter car, but I still don't think you can make a case for it monetarily. You know, there's no way an electric car is a better deal than my Sonic. It's even new. My Sonic new was only $20,000. Okay, brand new, out the door. And that's with heated seats and leather and everything. I mean, you know, uh, you know, it isn't just a base crank windowed car or whatever, remote start. You know, it's an LTZ. So you still can't do better than that. Even uh, the lowest Tesla was thirty-five. So that 15 grand, it buys you a lot of gas, all right? It buys like a lifetime of gas. It never comes out when you look at it like that. And you say, well, the test is bigger. All right, a bolt, size of a bolt. You know, those were in the low 30s. And in this state, there's no incentives. So it doesn't make a good case for it. And what I would say to people, if you think that EVs are more popular in these states, stop all the incentives and see how popular the EV sales are then. No incentive, just like any other car. No government incentive to buy the car, period. Put them back to back, price to price, no incentives, no nothing. And I, uh, you know, I did another video about um, the Escape versus a Model Y, which are almost the same size, with an inch of each other in size. So they are basically the same size vehicle. Is that Y better than an Escape? No. Even buying gas and oh, the maintenance, right? Yeah, an oil, one oil change a year, all that tough maintenance you have to go through, fifty bucks uh, that the Tesla doesn't need. Is it a better deal? No. No, not without incentives, it isn't. Not without the government having to say, look, here's some money to, because these cars are so bad, people won't even buy them. I think they're a good idea. Electric cars, faster, quiet, no problem. But, you know, living here, we're about to see a huge snowstorm, which is not a problem with the electric car. They have heat in them. But the recharge time is a problem. So, 
in 40 mile an hour winds or whatever, you don't want to sit at a, at a charging station. There's a Tesla supercharger at Meyer for, you know, 45 minutes, whatever. Of course, you shouldn't be out driving anyways. But the cold, you know, just not a huge fan of it. Just not a huge fan of it. So for now, for me, you're better off just, if nothing else, monetarily with the same size vehicle that has a gas engine in it versus something that is electric at the moment. Now, that may change in the future. And we can see. I'd like to go drive one. I'll probably get an opportunity to drive a Tesla Semi at some point, hopefully this year. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I would like to drive an electric car. I've never driven one. I think it'd be fun. But right now, I think you can do better with a similarly sized gas-powered car if you don't take incentives into consideration. The only reason they're sold is because the government has to basically bribe you to buy them. And it shouldn't be the government's thing to give you money to buy one product over another favor one company over another why should companies have to compete against a car that's getting a government incentive let the car compete on the marketplace you know and even even stevens as the show was let it compete that way until that happens you know i'm not going to be happy about seeing electric cars on the road whether they're small or whatever or larger and i could commute an electric car but don't because it's just not it's just not ready yet, I don't think, for the big time. It's a good second car, but they're not marketed that way. And I think that's how that's how it should have been marketed to start with. Hey, pick one up as a second commuter car, so you still have a gas car for trips and an electric car to commute around town to go to work in. That's the best way probably to save money. A used leaf right now. You can get an original leaf, you know, maybe a thirteen leaf for seven thousand, eight thousand bucks. And so the battery is degrading. You have an 80-mile range on it, but you commute 80 miles a day? Probably not. If you could plug it in at your house every night, that wouldn't be a bad commuter car. That would make a good uh, commuter car on, it, on the cheap. But new with government incentives? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Indiana's own Pete Buttigieg, the head of the Department of Transportation, right, Transportation Secretary, says, hey, you know what we need? Lower speed limits. So isn't that brilliant? So some roads are going to have their speed limits lowered. And we're going to have what he wants, right? I don't know if we'll have it, is he's proposing average speed cameras. That's right. These are popular in Europe. You see these a lot, but not as much here. And what that is, it's different than a speed camera where you're caught on the speed camera, although he wants more of those too, and they take a picture and send it to you. Here you will pass through several cameras that take a picture of your plate and the average speed in between those two cameras is how you get ticketed. So you pass under this one camera, boom, picture, then another one's a mile, four miles, whatever it is, 10 miles sometimes. What's your average speed between those two cameras? Is it over the speed limit? Boom. Um, uh, ticket. And it gets mailed to the registered owner of the car, which I don't like. What if you're not the one driving the car? You have to go in and prove you're innocent. I don't like that because in America... You're already innocent. That's how it's supposed to be. We've forgotten that here, though, because we're weak. We've forgotten that, that you're innocent until proven guilty. They have to prove who you are. You shouldn't have to go in and say, oh, that wasn't me, because they would say, well, look, it's the registered owner, so it's you. That's not how it should work. You see, you should have to get pulled over, and then the officer hands you a ticket. But you know what it said, and I love this, right? They don't want to have as many pullovers, so there's not as many people being, uh, you know, discriminated against by the police. Isn't that great? So we can't pull people over because it might discriminate. But then what we're going to do 
is discriminate against everybody by assuming they're guilty and mailing the registered owner of the car a ticket. Then you have to figure out, oh, was I there that wasn't driving or whatever? No, I don't like that at all. But in here, this is what we have now. You know, it's what we've elected. And uh, so I don't like it. They also want, and I love this even better, it, it's so much love. It's so much love. They're going to have mandate. He wants the mandate for semis and cars. That was written in there. The collision mitigation with emergency uh, braking and pedestrian detection. Now, some cars have this. And as you know, the trucks have a lot of this because it goes off on many bridges. It's terrible technology. They want it so that if somebody walks in front of you, the vehicle will slam the brakes on and stop. Why? Though, why? It's even better. It gets better. Hang in there. It gets better. Put that back in 13th. It gets better. Because people of color and Native Americans, this is what it said, are more likely to be on foot because they've been discriminated against at jobs and can't afford cars. I swear to you. I swear this is where we are. And so because they're on foot, apparently, the rest of us that work are just willy-nilly running them over all over the place. And simple as that, we got to stop this. So rather than like encouraging people to drive better or maybe training people a little bit better, or how about don't cross the middle of the road? I Like I've talked about the other day, just the other day, not too long ago, guy, I'm driving home and there's some idiot, idiot, walking home, walking, I don't know where he's walking to, and the road, at least he's facing traffic, in black, of course, and it's the middle of the night, there's a sidewalk, and he's walking in the lane, I saw some movement and moved over, oh, holy crap, what are you doing, and I suppose then Mayor Pete would be like, oh, look at Mark running people over, because he's got a job, because he's privileged, it's just stupid. It's just stupid, and of course, that'll just raise the cost of a car. What they'll probably do is give some kind of government incentive, so the, the car company will get it back from the government, which is even worse. This technology on a semi is already horrible. Now, I have seen some cabovers in Europe where they'll pull up behind a car, and it stops pretty good. It, I think the one there works better, but the collision here, not great. Now, my Escape has um, collision detection, okay, and pre-brake assist, <laughs> all right? So... It's got a sensor in the front that it uses, the same sensor it uses for the distance cruise control. If you're coming up on a vehicle or whatever's in front of you too quickly, a red light flashes, it mutes the radio, an alarm goes off. A big red light in the dashboard flashes up on the windshield that you can see. And what it does is pre-set the brakes. So if I was going to hit the brakes, boom, they'd be full blast. The car would stop. But it does not stop the car. It just gives you an alert. And I've seen it a few times because what will be happening is I'll be going and a car in front of me is turning in the mall or wherever they're going to head over to Hot Topic. And it'll do that. But I know they're turning and I'm going to continue going. So that's okay. I'm watching. But if that had collision, you know, where the brakes activated, it could hit the brakes. And then somebody behind you that's in their 1973 Grand Prix doesn't have that. And they're busy, you know, chowing down because they just got a 10-piece, you know, nugget at Wendy's. Uh, which is by the mall there, they're not going to see you and they're going to slam into you. They're four drum brakes, just not cutting it. So this kind of thing is causes more rear-end accidents, man, like there are at the manhole, and less front-end accidents, which there are none of those at the manhole. So I think it's a problem. Either way, I don't like it. I just don't like it. He also wants variable speed limit signs so that uh, variable speeds, you know, the speed limit can be adjusted on the fly. 
people already don't follow the speed limit. You think lowering the speed limit on a variable sign is going to do anything? That does cr jack crap, as my dad used to say. That's jack crap. Uh, God rest his soul, as they would say. Um, but uh, that's what happens with that. And nobody follows the speed limit anyway. Is anybody going 65 out here? Oh, my gosh. The last time I went up to uh, see family up there in, on 80, 94, I was cruising along at 90 in the right lane, getting past. I felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going fast enough. It's crazy. Nobody's already going speed limit. You think if they lower it to 50, people are like, oh, I better slow down. I better slow down. Stupid. Just complete stupidity. As usual out of this, but, you know, what are you going to do? This is what they're proposing. <clears throat> they want cars also to be anti-drug driving. As we talked about before, they'll have this sensor in there where they'll, you know, you'll they'll do basically a drunk driving test on you while you're driving around. I, I just don't. This technology, when it fails, your car's going to have a problem, and it's imagine the cost to repair it and all that. And these will be mandatory. So in states that, unlike Indiana, in states that have an inspection, those things will have to work because they'll be part of the car. So it'll make cars very, very expensive to fix, especially used. You have a used car that may need $8,000 of repairs. That's still road legal, road worthy, I think, but just doesn't have this technology. Won't be able to pass an inspection in those states. Consider that if you're in a state, a communist state, as I would call it, that has car inspections. Well, we've come to that part of the show where we like to feature a reason why we don't live on Mars. You see, there's a bunch of dumb people here that we have to support. And that's why I can't get to Mars and live there. Because there's not many people there. It'd be great living. A lot of room to spread out. Whatever. Put down a homestead. Can't do it. So this week we go to North Carolina. And we have a dude living in a basement apartment on the coast. And it's made of cinder blocks. And it's all moldy because it's so wet there. But that doesn't bother this guy. He's sitting on his metal folding chair. Which is damp and terrible and all bent up and a card table and so he's thinking man you know what i need a vacuum cleaner and a microwave he also needs some money so how can we put these three things together and get all the things that we need well fortunately he's a mastermind and so that night there was a Mensa meeting, but he skipped it so that he could go to Walmart because before he left, he checked into his wallet. And what's in there? A $10 bill and a pack of zigzags. And that's all you need to get the things that you want. So he prepares his items and goes to Walmart. Now he picks out a vacuum cleaner and a microwave that he will enjoy. For years to come and goes to the cashier who promptly rings it up for $476. Nice. He presents her with the $10 bill. But you see, here's where we're dumb and this guy is brilliant. What he has done is added some zeros to the $10 bill. You see, and now he presents her with a $1 million bill. That's right. See, I don't know why we work when all you need to do is purchase a pen. So he gives her that, and she looks at it and looks at him, and apparently he's smiling at her with all 14 teeth in his head, and 
<laughs> she's like, I'm going to have to get the manager. I don't have this much change in my register. And he's thinking, oh, yeah, I'm a genius. So she gets the manager, but it turns out they do not go get $999,000 of change. They call the police. When the police get there, he is still dutifully waiting for his change at customer service, where he is promptly arrested and does not even get to keep his products that he so carefully chose through the aisles of the local Walmart. And it turns out the police turn his case over to the Secret Service, who are in charge of currency in the United States, and it is apparently illegal to deface currency and make it into a bill that it is not. And it turns, what they would say, he turned it into a federal case. It's a felony. A federal felony. Isn't that great? I thought, you know, when I was reading the story, I thought, man, this is going to work. This guy's going to do it. But then, oh, so sad. Right at the end, they put that twist in there of the cops. It, see, here's the thing. If the cashier would just do her job and give him his change, everything would have been fine. But no, they got to go and get on the phone and get the cops involved and everything. They don't have to make a big federal case out of this. So here's another cinder block apartment that's available, right, for lease if, you, if you're looking for a place to stay. Now this guy's in jail, right? And so now we got to feed him cheese sandwiches on white bread, and I can't get to Mars because this idiot is out trying to buy a microwave with a fake million-dollar bill. I just don't get it. Maybe if he'd have used a green pen, it would have worked out better. I don't know. Either way, I think you got to do more changes than that. You don't see a lot of million-dollar bills in circulation anymore. So, you know, and I think they only keep a couple hundred dollars in the register. So, you know, it's just a real problem. you got to think this kind of stuff through. you got to think it through before you try to hold the rest of us back who are just simply trying to get to Mars to live a peaceful life. That's all that I'm trying to do here. All right, so I want to thank you for listening. Go to ufcd.org, join the private Facebook page, and let's change trucking together. Go there, see what it's all about, the United Federation of Commercial Drivers, and we will see you on the next podcast.